Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Useless Doctors Book Club. My name is Pooja. I'm Sarah. And I'm Harshini. And we are back with another episode. We are on season five, episode seven, seven, <laughs> episode seven, um, in which we read a book that I chose called Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno Garcia, who is an author that we read a book of theirs in the first season. I, it was like a long time ago. And we read this book called Certain Dark things certain dark matters i think okay certain dark things um which was like sci-fi fantasy-esque type of book um and a little bit of horror as well but there was like a, a lot of genre blending and that sort of thing i don't really remember our reviews from that book but um but yeah but during our season where we're trying authors for a second or third time i thought this would be a perfect author to try again. And so this week we read Gods of Jade and Shadow, which I believe is more of a historical fiction coupled with some Mayan mythology. Um, so yeah, it seemed intriguing. But before I delve any more deeply into what my thoughts were, I'm going to hand it off to Sarah to give us a spoiler-free summary of this book. So this book follows... Cassiopeia. 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 Um, and basically she is living with her in her grandparents' grandfather's house. And because her father died and her mother couldn't make a living. Um, and so they moved to her grandfather's house, and her grandfather is mean. And makes her do all the cleaning and just generally taking care of her grandfather. And she wants to leave his house as soon as possible. And then she got grounded, essentially, and she couldn't leave. And the whole rest of the family left the house. And then she did some snooping. She opened this chest. And she accidentally awoke the Mayan god of death and in the process also accidentally got his bones stuck in her so they were essentially linked and so she had to go and help this Mayan god of death regain his throne so that he could unlink them so it's basically about their journey to gain his throne back but Harshini, you want to tell us your spoiler-free review of this book? All right. So this book was another book that I have paid attention to. And that was definitely my fault because I was just distracted with a lot of things. But I also did have time to read this book. So it was, yeah, I cannot make that many excuses. But I would also say that you know, this is a fantasy book. So I think in general, it's like the kind of book where for me, at least like you should really, I don't know, like get like focus on the book and give yourself time to like understand the world because it's obviously a completely different world. And I don't know, 
like especially because I loved Percy Jackson as a kid and love like mythology books where it's like about different cultures and gods and those cultures and how they interact with normal people like I was thinking in my head like oh this is I don't know like comparing it to Percy Jackson and thinking about like the ways that the author um kind of told the story about these gods and the mythology but also interacting with present day life but I yeah did not like I don't know there yeah maybe there were a couple points where I got into the book but I for the most part didn't really like read this book in a way where I like was enjoying it (laughs) and so I think I'm gonna give it two and a half stars very much middle middle and I don't know I like can't tell I'm probably gonna rate it two stars on Goodreads but like I don't know I feel kind of bad because I feel like it was partially my fault for not like putting as much effort into like understanding the book as I should have but I also think the author I don't know I feel like there were things that happened where I was like what like this kind of felt like it was brought up with very little build-up and I think the overall way that the story was told was not super engaging I think the writing style was and I also was trying to remember how I felt about certain dark things I, I know there were vampires and I know that I like was at least more into that book than I was into this book but I think this book was just I don't know written in a way that was very dry even though it was talking about interesting things and I feel like I don't know if it was this book or or like sorry the certain dark things by this author or a different book but I feel like there were other books that we felt similarly like why is this thing that's like supposed to be so interesting so boring and it's because I don't know it's just written in a way that's like a lot of exposition a lot of like just telling what is happening rather than showing it in an interesting way so I would not recommend this book yeah I feel like there are just better fantasy books out there that I don't know of (laughs) hopefully we'll find at some point um because I personally love fantasy as a kid and still like think it could be interesting but I feel like we haven't found a very solid fantasy book that we're all into so hopefully that happens at some point but it was not this book. Um, yeah, <laughs> Pooja, what did you think about this book? Yeah, I think I have like a, a little bit, I think I have pretty similar rating to you. Like I gave this book two stars. I, this is hard because like this book had all the things that would definitely be intriguing to me, like mythology, fantasy, um historical fiction like it's like it takes place in like the jazz age in Mexico City which is like a time period that I and like a place that I like don't know much about but like am kind of intrigued by like I would like to see you know like other books or shows or movies or whatever kind of in that time period because I just think like the way it was described in the book is really interesting and there were like certain pockets within the book where I was like the like you know the fantasy and the historical fiction aspects were like coming together really well 
But it was, as you mentioned, Harshni, I personally think that this book was relatively dry. Like for being such an intriguing setup and like the way Sarah was explaining that like, she like the main character Cassiopeia like she opens this thing and then like has to like she's linked to the god of death like the Mayan god of death and like has to help him do something and like they like the entire book is about their journey and like that sounds like such an intriguing setup but I don't think it was executed very well like I for such an intriguing setup, the book was relatively boring to me, which is a shame because it had all the right elements. It just wasn't, you know, in a way that I found particularly engaging. But this book has like pretty high ratings on Goodreads. So I don't know, maybe it's just a me thing. But yeah, like I didn't, I think there were certain aspects of this book where things just like happened and there was no buildup, as you mentioned, Harshini. Like it just kind of like happened out of pocket where you're just like, how did we get here? I don't even know how this happened. Um, I don't really like our main two characters, Honkame, who is the god of death, and Cassiopeia, who is the person, like the girl who unleashed him, basically. They are relatively they're like they're not bad characters, but they're not very interesting. And like you would think that they would be more interesting or more engaging characters and like their relationship kind of evolves over time, but I didn't necessarily found their find their relationship very interesting either. Um, Cassiopeia is cool. She's not annoying like the characters that we've been talking about on this podcast this season, but I didn't necessarily find her very interesting. And I also think I, I might be getting this wrong, but I think she is like 15 years old or something. Like, I think she's like a kid or like relatively young. But I, it was unclear because it's like at the beginning of the book, it seems like she's very young. But then by the end, she's like doing this other stuff that I'm like, is she a kid or is she an adult? Like, I can't tell. And like, there was like that question that was kind of lingering at the back of my mind. Like, because there were some actions or some things that she would say that I'm like, uh, this sounds like a teenager. Like, this sounds like a kid. Um, one thing I will say, if this was a movie or a TV show, I would genuinely be interested in watching it. Like, I think this would be very cool as a TV show or movie. Like, visually watching all of this, as Harshini mentioned, there's a lot of exposition of explaining things. But if there's, like, some sort of visual accompanying it, I feel like it would be way more interesting. I think this book would be better as a movie than a book. I, I think, like, a lot of that extra stuff, like, the relationship building and, like, whatever would come through a little bit more if we didn't get, like fed the information but rather we could see it kind of organically play on screen I think that would be really cool um I have more thoughts but I'm going to save them for the spoiler section would I recommend no I'm sorry no <laughs> um but yeah Sarah what did you think so I'm very conflicted about this book I feel like I'd rate it an average three stars the reason I'm conflicted is because I really liked this book and that I liked the idea of it. I thought it was written well and like she does a good job of letting you visualize things. Um, and honestly, I thought the whole book was really interesting, but for some reason, I could not stop falling asleep when I read this book. So I don't know, I don't know where I was like, this book is interesting, but it's not interesting enough to keep me awake. So that's why I'm a little conflicted. I feel like there must be something lacking in it. 
but I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I really, really like the story. And I also would definitely watch a TV show or movie about this book because it's just like such a cool concept. And I don't know that much about Mayan gods and all the history and stories but I thought this was a nice way of like learning a little more about it and yeah an interest in making it interesting in like a novel format but yeah I really don't know about this book I just don't understand why I thought it was interesting but also kept falling asleep um would I recommend it I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard. I guess hearing you guys' reviews, I wouldn't recommend it. But it's just such an interesting idea. I feel like if you like fantasy, maybe you would really like this book. But I don't know. I have a hard time reviewing it. Yeah, honestly, I feel like, I don't know. I, I would also probably like watch a show of this book but I would watch a show of like most books we've read or like a uh, movie or something because I just have very low standards for but I think it would be interesting to see like um everything that happened I don't know I think it just like maybe it's and I'm definitely someone who needs more of that like suspense or like some aspect of it that's and I mean, there, I guess there was some of that, but it was just told in a way that was like not very exciting from chapter to chapter. So maybe that was why you were falling asleep. I don't know. But I was certainly like, like zoning out like many times while reading this book. And it was kind of sad because I was like, again, like I was distracted. So, so some parts of it, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. But um, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, Pooja, do you have some? I was just going to say, I also, I, like, completely understand the kind of confusion or, like, at least, like, inner kind of, like, this concept is so interesting. Like, I love it when, you know, folklore or whatever is, like, tied into, like, a modern-day narrative or, in this case, like, a very fantasy narrative and that sort of thing. And, like, it would be, I, I don't know, it just so, like, conceptually, it has all the right elements. Like, it's so intriguing. The setup is intriguing. Like, you know, I didn't necessarily find anything wrong with the writer's style of writing. I just think that the way it was executed, to me at least, was the main issue. Like, the pacing was not very strong like there were all of these lulls and when you have such an intriguing setup and you have this kind of like somewhat mystery or suspense element maybe like a tension element there is no room for these lulls like you have to keep your audience engaged throughout because there's like so many moving parts and there's so many characters and there's so much to say and do and that sort of thing like there really is no room for a lull but it seemed like a large part of the middle part of this book was just very much a lull like I think the beginning I was really paying attention at the end I was really paying attention but the middle part I was like I don't know what they did like something happened to get to the end but yeah I don't know I I do think that it, it was a mainly to do with the execution but I think all the positive elements like the the 
concept itself is like incredibly interesting to me. And I, I would be, if this author, you know, wrote another book, like more like recently kind of containing the same elements, I would be intrigued to see what happens there, you know, because I don't know if this is like an earlier book or what, but I, I do think that, you know, as time goes on, authors get better. So who knows? That's true. Do we know, I forgot to check if this is a later book after a certain dark thing? Yeah, or... that one was 2017. I believe this one is 2019. Yeah, this one's 2019 interesting yeah um oh my gosh oh, okay yeah because Silvia Moreno Garcia did write Mexican Gothic which was super popular and I'm just looking at her Goodreads and it says 145 books which is great <laughs> I did not realize she wrote that many books but I don't some of them. or I mean, I think some novellas and like, I, don't know. I think it also might be um different languages. So they're different language editions because I, I don't know if these are necessarily all translated, but I know some may be translated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I agree. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it's again I was just uh, comparing it to proceedings which I feel like is so interesting but it's also for kids and I was like okay this is not as like I don't know um meant for like it's you know people have more I feel like attention span as adults <laughs> but I clearly don't um anyways if you guys don't have any other spoiler free thoughts we can move into the spoiler section. So if you want to read this book with Sarah's mixed review, or I don't know, or just intrigued, which I would say this is an intriguing concept as we've all um, mentioned, you can feel free to pause the podcast and come back after you've read the book. But if you want to keep listening, if you don't, are not interested in the book um yeah feel free to keep listening so spoiling the entire book <laughs> may be a little difficult <laughs> I know for me for sure I I can I can take a stab at it okay thanks for you. <laughs> <laughs> um we just spoiled every book <laughs> <laughs> no what are you talking about I remember the past few I did not spoil anything you guys were jumping at the chance to spoil the book so the last one I might have spoiled but this one okay I fill in the gaps for whatever I miss right basically I'll pick up where Sarah left off which was you know she and this guy Honkame who is the god of death Mayan god of death um basically she kind of they're linked and she has to help him regain his throne so who took over his throne his twin brother Vukub Vukubkame yes Vukubkame is his twin brother his evil twin brother Bruce um who took over basically like usurped his throne took it over so now you know Honkame is like okay I need to, he basically needs the whole thing is that he needs to find missing body parts of his to be able to reclaim this throne so their entire journey is like him like finding missing body parts so like he's like missing an ear missing an eye missing some other body part and so he needs to go 
kind of find them. And in the meantime, he's like taken on this human body that he's like inhabited. And again, like I, I don't think it's very clear from the beginning what he looks like or like how old he looks like, right? Because he's supposed to be like thousands of years old. He's this God who's immortal. And she, again, I'm not sure if the author like ever made this very clear, but like at the beginning, it seems like she's like 15 or something. Like she's like a kid. And so basically like, because she, you know, has to go with this God on her own, you know, way, like she basically disappears from her hometowns. Everyone's like, what happened to her? Did she run away with some man? Like, what is this? Because uh, yeah. So anyway, she and Honkame are on their journey and like they meet this like weird cast of characters and they like run into like they have like weird encounters where like he's trying to like, you know, get body parts. So like they run into some ghosts and then like, you know, he has to like cut her hair and offer it as an offering to the ghosts to get to get find his ear or something like things like that occur. And uh, throughout this, we end up finding out that, or like through this journey, through them kind of getting to know each other as people and whatnot, they start to develop, like the author begins like hinting at a potential romantic relationship between Honkame and Cassiopeia, who, again, as I mentioned, I thought Cassiopeia was like 15 years old, but it turns out like Honkame looks like he's like 20 or something and she like thinks that he's attractive or like he thinks she's attractive and everything and like by the end of the book they literally get together or they like kiss they don't like and nothing necessarily happens as a result of the kiss but they kiss and they like tell each other that they like really like each other blah 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 whatever I'll get to that point later okay so then this all happens like they get to you know they're like going on this journey blah 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 in the meantime Vukub Kame it turns out that Cassiopeia's family is like indebted to Vukubkame in the sense that they are very wealthy in that specific area that they live in. And they only got to that point because they made a deal with this god. So um, so basically like Cassiopeia's family, like her grandfather, etc., are all kind of indebted to this god. So her cousin, Martine, who like they, him and Cassiopeia have this like really bad relationship. So Martine is basically employed by Vukub Kame to like go find Cassiopeia. So he, so basically Cassiopeia and this Honkame god are like on their merry way trying to find all his body parts. And Martine is following them kind of like trying to convince Cassiopeia to like betray Honkame and like go, you know, work for Vukub Kame, whatever. Okay. So this is all happening. They go through this journey, blah, 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 whatever. Things come to a head when finally, like, they all meet. Like, the entire the climax is, like, when they all, like, eventually meet each other. And Honkame and Vukubkame are just, like, um, you know, arguing, whatever. And then, basically, he, Hon or Vukubkame, who is, like, the usurper of the whole situation, he is, like, listen, Cassiopeia. Either you can like ditch Honkame, come to me, ditch him, come to me, and um, you'll be happy. Like, we'll make sure that you're happy, your dreams are fulfilled, everything is good for you. Just ditch him, come to me, 
uh whatever like and then he won't be a god and i can retain my thing but like your family will be cool and you'll be like living your dream whatever now by this point cassiopeia is like basically in love with Honkame, and she's like oh my god like i can't ditch you like i don't want that to happen blah blah, blah. and then Honkame is like listen if we take his deal then like i can be a human and we can like live together and like we can be happy and we can go move out somewhere we don't need to live here we can go move somewhere else blah blah blah, whatever and Honkame is like just do it just do it like i want to be with you and whatever and then Cassiope is like no that'll be bad for society like we can't do that so then she's like we can't be together and then Honkame is like oh fuck damn it so then he's just like okay fine like whatever so because she denies the deal Vukupkame is like, okay, then you're gonna have to race your cousin across this thing called like the black, what is it like the black path or something like the black walk or I don't know. I thought it was the black road. Black road. Yeah, it's like this like really scary looking fucking road. And basically she Vukupkame is like, okay, you and Martine are gonna race each other. And like, you have to you're basically gonna die. Like if you don't, if you don't beat him, you're gonna die. And like it, you're so this is what you have to do. And like this black road is like really like um it's like filled with like puzzle or not puzzles, but it's like it's like tricky and whatever. Like it's like very obstacles. dangerous. Yeah, there's like obstacles, it's dangerous, there's like you know, mythical creatures that can come and attack you, shit like that. So then um Cassiopeia is like, all right, cool. Me and Martine will get on this road and we'll figure it out. And Honkame is like, I can't protect you. And then Cassiopeia is like, nah, it's fine, dude, relax, I'll do it. So then she's like on this fucking road and like she gets faced with obstacles. Like, you know, there's like weird creatures that are coming after her, blah, 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 whatever. And like she has to like face them head on. And then what ends up happening is that she gets like somewhat so basically Vukupkame tells Martine like basically like hypnotizes him a little bit to be like kill Cassiopeia and then Martine is like okay and then he like physically attacks Cassiopeia while they're on this road but then he like controls himself he gets out of this hypnosis controls himself and doesn't actually kill her but then this causes a big delay to Cassiopeia. So basically, like, Martine, like, beat, like, goes way in front of her and, like, is, like, all the way it's to because the... Yeah. He pushes her off the road and then yes. the road disappears. So she She lost. has trouble getting back on. Yeah, she, like, gets lost and whatever. And he is able to, like, go, like, make, you know, good headway, whatever. So then Cassiopeia... This is where I was, like, a little bit confused. Cassiopeia basically kills herself. Like, she takes a knife to her throat and, it like, basically slits her own throat and is like, um, I pledge allegiance to Honkame. Like, he is the true ruler and, like, kills herself and then, like, jump goes into this lake, right? She, like, drowns, like, slits her throat and walks into this lake and basically kills herself. So then Martine already goes to the destination and everything, but then... It turns out because Cassiopeia did this, it turns out that she won. Now, I don't understand this logic, though. Why did she win? Because they were like, you got here first. And I was like, but isn't the whole thing that she has to go to the end of the road? But she did not get to the end of the road. It's because 
I don't know. It had something to do with her falling into the water and there's something in the water. Like there's some fish thing in the water that's like magical or something. I think it also has to do with him always saying, oh, don't speak it into words because then it'll become true. And it has something to do with him always like Han Kume always told her be careful what you say because it'll come true has something to do with that and something to do with the magical pond thing I didn't really understand it either but it was something along those lines I mean that sounds valid (laughs) I don't know Because I remember her like reminding herself, oh, he said that you shouldn't speak it in or it'll happen. Yeah. Oh, so it has something to do with that. And I remember they always said that there's these fish or something at the bottom of the pond. And then, oh, the the fish. Yeah, I forgot. The fish got because she fell in the pond and then the fish brought her out of the pond. That's what the fish did. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's some some sort of magical thing that happened with the yeah. pond. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I definitely agree that the pond there was like some magical whatever in the pond, and like that led to, and then because like basically what ends up happening is that Vukukame or yeah, he like realizes that Cassiopeia won even though she didn't like reach the end or something. Like there's something also. I think there's also something about the fact that like she still has a little bit of essence of homecoming in her something while she's going through this. So like the, the, the creatures on the black road or whatever, like recognize their true ruler who is homecoming um, within her. So they like kind of help her out a little bit or like do like work in her favor a little bit, I think something like that. So, okay. So that'll happen. So Cassiopeia wins. So because she wins this, she wishes for, like, Martine to, like, go back to the hometown. Like, she doesn't wish him to die or anything like that. She's like, go back to the hometown. Bukukame has to give up his throne to Honkame again. So Honkame becomes, like, the true ruler. But because she wins and because of, like, he becomes the true ruler, they can't be together anymore because she is, like, human and he is not. He is a god. So he basically has now he has all the ability to like unlink himself to her and he has to do that otherwise she has to like i don't like i think the whole thing is that she would have to live in this like weird purgatory space or something like that which um he was like yeah no uh you can't do that so okay so he like takes back like this whole whoops this whole thing is that like he he put like a bone shard they call it like a bone shard inside her and then like takes out the bone shard and through this bone shard he was basically like feeding off her life force or something um so yeah so now he takes it out and then he's just like okay return back to okay, he didn't really put it in she just yeah it just like happened just, when like, inserted. she revived him she got it in herself yeah she like got it in herself yeah 
it wasn't like as grotesque as I'm explaining it. Like he inserted a bone shard. It wasn't like that. But yeah, but by the end, basically, she's like, okay, cool. Uh, she's like really sad that she has to leave him. And he's like really sad that he has to leave her, blah, blah, blah. Cause like, you know, they're in love with each other or whatever. And then um, at the end, she's like, you know what? I'm going to go and just like explore shit. So she kind of like doesn't want to go home. So, and Martine is like, I'm going to some other place or whatever. And so she kind of see, she gets, the last scene is like her entering this like taxi that's driven by this character who's like a side character who kind of helps him out. He's like a demon person who has like this weird parrot or something. And um, she like, she and she gets into his car and then he's like where do you want to go and then she's like ah you know we'll just like figure it out or whatever and like that's how the book ends where she's like you know living her life for herself and like going on this trip with this guy and just like you know figuring out just like enjoying her life basically which is something that throughout the entire book she keeps talking about how she like does she her entire life she's just been like given instructions for what to do and when to do it and how to do it and everything and like for the first time she just like is given an opportunity to experience freedom or like doing things for herself by herself whatever so yeah so that's how it ends Woo! as usual i learned so much <laughs> i mean honestly that that took some effort i'm pretty sure i missed so many things in between but like that's the gist that's the gist yeah, of the book. okay that's the thing too like I feel like if I mean obviously I think it's like a complex story and like you know straightforward stories are not interesting but I feel like when you are in this new world and like already introducing like characters with different powers and abilities like it's not just human normal world I feel like the level of complexity that this book like the story um, took was also not like super logical as we kind of talked about in our reviews like I don't know I mean the main thing I was talking about that came out of nowhere for me was definitely this like romance between them like all of a sudden they were in love and I was like wait a second um but then I feel like the whole why they had to run on like do this race on this black road like I don't know it just to me didn't feel like like it just felt like oh this is what you have to do you know but it's not tied to any like out like it's not like running this road is connected to something that's connected to you know Hunkamai like becoming a god or like whatever um like outcome they wanted and I feel like I don't know the author could have changed some things to just at least make it logically make sense more so it's not as like random even if it's complex it like makes sense why people are doing things but I feel like even like the tasks that they had to do to like get certain um like his body parts back it's just kind of random it's like oh you have to do this and I'm like where did that come from and if it, even if it was random like I don't know again compared to Mercy Jackson like if, if there's some sort of like 
list in the beginning or like something we can follow along in the beginning that's presented that's like you have to do these three things to get these three body parts I don't know who would say this but like whatever person would like give them instructions or even if Hunkame himself was like this is what we have to do in the beginning and we were kind of following along like I feel like that would have been easier for me to follow but it was just kind of like all of a sudden like this is what you have to do and I'm like but why? Like, what? Who made these rules? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do think I like throughout this entire book, I was really thinking about like the context that's needed around when you're trying to incorporate mythology that's maybe not as prominent within like your standard U.S. or Western media. So, for instance, like Greek mythology is relatively like a lot of people know a little bit more about Greek mythology. They're like, oh, like Zeus and Poseidon or whatever. But like Mayan mythology is maybe not as prevalent in the U.S., right? So like for us, like, you know, there needs to be a little bit more context that's provided to this particular audience to be like, okay, I understand. Like, I was just thinking, like, if you were relating it to something like Hindu mythology, right? If I were to read a book with like Hindu mythology, I'll probably understand it perhaps a little bit more than someone who is not familiar at all with any Hindu mythology. Like, if you had to explain like something like the Ramayana to someone, and, like, a large part of the Ramayana is the fact that, like, animals can, like, talk and, like, interact like humans. And, like, explaining that to someone who, like, has no idea what you're talking about. It's just, like, bro, what the hell? So I was just, like, thinking that maybe I would imagine that if you were a little bit more familiar with Mayan mythology, maybe, like, certain actions that are taken in this book make a lot more sense to you. Because you're, like, oh, okay, like... I know what this is like I know what you're talking about like certain folklore or whatever tales or something like maybe there's like a cultural context element that I'm just not able to understand in this particular situation but I'd be like as you mentioned like if like one of the characters really like spelled that out a little bit in the beginning just to kind of like be like okay like yeah like these you know ghosts or whatever like this is how we deal with them or like these like we like the whole thing with like we need to cut your hair to like offer it to so that they like eat it or something which is like okay give me a little bit more context as to what's happening here like who's eating it <laughs> like the ghosts like okay the ghosts are eating why can the ghosts eat like can what what is that about <laughs> or like you know things like that I think could be a little bit more fleshed out or explained just to like really let your audience you know be guided without necessarily having that large cultural context or that missing cultural context and then yeah but at the same time though as you mentioned earlier there's a large amount of exposition in this book which is necessary it is needed because again like you're dealing with a lot of cultural context you need to explain a lot of cultural context but that being said I don't know it's just really hard like how can you strike this balance between like a lot of exposition that's necessary but then also trying to engage your reader in a way that like you're not boring them per se you're like really getting them into the action that's happening while also providing whatever cultural context you need to provide it's a difficult thing all I'm saying Sylvia Moreno Garcia if you happen to be listening to this I understand it's really hard <laughs> yeah I agree and I didn't even think about like the maybe some of this is like cultural um or like you know like part of my mythology that we're not aware of but I guess like I don't know 
personally i feel like maybe this is not true maybe i haven't read enough like various like mythology books that are not written by rick riordan but i feel like the i don't know like the point of these kinds of books is like also to teach you about these myths like i don't know i think there's a lot of stuff that people still don't know like and and you know I think like reading these books helps you learn about it and I feel like the author probably expects that the average reader does not have this background knowledge um but as far as like explaining everything and I don't know I guess I realized this is a common thing with some of these kinds of books like usually there's some sort of teacher person and like I don't know I would think in this context like Hunkameh might have been more of the person that's like teaching Cassiopeia but I think maybe the issue was like Cassiopeia already I don't know actually maybe she didn't know like like she definitely didn't know everything but like maybe had some more knowledge than the average person so we didn't have a character who is like representing the like I don't know anything kind of person which I think could be helpful just so like you can actually learn through the characters talking what is going on rather than like trying to be like all right I'm just trying to follow whatever is happening and whatever they're telling me I don't know personally I didn't have a problem with this I don't know for me I everything made sense and like obviously there are things missing like why do the ghosts need hair but to me at the same time it wasn't like something I needed to know I think if there was more I would likely be a little more bored in the book yeah yeah I do think that there were definitely some things that maybe it wasn't necessary to completely delve into like why you know like smaller things that maybe it's like irrelevant but on the same on the same thing to your point Harshni I do think that some oh my god I completely just forgot you you said something (laughs) about about like Like, um uh, people like not having the background knowledge the character the character of Cassiopeia yeah yeah okay yeah the thing to your point about this book didn't necessarily have someone who was completely clueless that would like we as the audience can like follow that character right like throughout the book we're following Honkame and Cassiopeia and Cassiopeia has knowledge about certain things already so like she's not going into this blind so we as the audience maybe are going into this blind so even though she has some knowledge like she's supposed to be the person that we're following but it just doesn't work as well because she just knows so many things and I think that's a really good point it's not something that I had considered before as well but to your point Sarah I do agree that there were it wasn't necessary for the author to like illuminate every single thing because it's maybe not as necessary to this story but I do think there were areas that could have been more in detail at least like at least like the parts where there's a lot more action going on to kind of like really help the audience be like, okay, this is what's happening. Like this is significance of what's happening. At least, you know, like tell me, tell me why this is important that you included it in this book. I guess that's the thing. 
yeah like again this might have been my bad reading but like I personally don't know that I got that much about Mayan mythology like from reading this book I'm like okay there are these gods like you know they're obviously they're like gods of death and like we like saw the things that happened but like I don't know I didn't I feel like I didn't learn as much and yeah it's like I feel like those kinds of books are somewhat different but I think yeah just having like some story around like some more cohesive story um would have just been helpful but I don't know maybe this was just like the author kind of using those characters and like basically pulling like elements of things and then like making a new story which is fine like that's also you know you can just pull Zeus and make some random story and you don't need to know anything about any other myths in like Greek mythology about Zeus being just make Zeus a character and like have him have his same qualities um but I think it like is not as helpful to learn about you know Greek mythology in that kind of context so I I feel like this was similar for me in that way where like it's like using these characters in this context but for some like if I wanted to learn more about mind mythology I feel like I didn't get that as much I mean I got that there are twins of gods of death and that one was born in a couple heartbeats earlier and that they have several twin siblings and that and that the twin heroes defeated I don't know I don't remember yeah, you really learned a lot about Mayan mythology. <laughs> okay, if I didn't fall asleep, I would have. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, if it, this is a TV show, I feel like at least I can put a face to a name, you know? Where I'm like, oh, that guy and that guy. Okay, okay, I get it, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like, also, like, I get it. Because, I mean, like, talking about all that history and then also talking about, like, the all the story that happened like I think the, these kind of books like I mean they can just be one book like I was gonna say it like could be useful to have a series where you kind of develop like characters and stuff but even if it's just one book I feel like you gotta kind of like pay like I don't know I think maybe a little more simplicity would have helped um at least me to just like follow like a more straightforward story um if there's so much like stuff that the reader isn't aware of like if you're not going to have a lot of like teaching kind of stuff then like if you made the story a little simpler that would be easier to follow also but I don't know I think yeah it was definitely I always enjoy when like there's like gods involved because they're just like super like um what's the word (laughs) and they just think they're so cool (laughs) and like boss all the like humans around and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that aspect especially with the fact that like from the beginning like Cassiopeia hated Martine and then the fact that like the two brother gods that were fighting like each picked one and they're like you're my soldier and they just like made them fight each other like I enjoyed those aspects of like the general theme (laughs) okay 
I so like I thought that like that entire part where like they basically pick the cousin and then they're like okay you're mine like let's go that was all cool however I do think that this man is the god of death right and like he like meets this girl and all of a sudden falls in love with her are you for real like I get it like okay yeah like gods have feelings whatever the fuck but I like I was so just like you really made this man a simp (laughs) (laughs) this man is the god of death and you're like he is not as dark as I thought he would be considering he's a god of death which is also I was like well is that in the Mayan folklore like does that is the god of death like a simp you know I mean, this is like like, no insult to anyone. I'm just like making a joke here, but like still. Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing where it's definitely like, oh, like, you know, they're adding like some personality to just this like character that's in the mythology. But I feel like it was so funny that he's like, I'm having these these urges. Like, I forget like exact lines, but it's like so funny the way that it's like he's basically like falling in love with her and he's like oh like I can't I can't think when I'm around you anymore like what is happening to me but he's like so confused because he's just not had those feelings before and he's like like I had a dream like I don't dream but I dreamed about you like what is going on I was like that's so funny but I feel like I just didn't know as much about the like God's background to know you know like it will maybe he just doesn't I don't know I don't know what the reasoning could be to like be not like he never spent that much time with a girl before or like anyone before that he I don't know like thinks is a good person (laughs) or what for whatever reason um he liked her because I was also like I don't know like you just spent a lot of time with this girl and she's helping you out and now you're just falling in love like I don't know (laughs) it really took so little (laughs) really like barely anything yeah I feel like I feel like that happens sometimes you know you're just like I don't even know if this man is cute but I'm spending so much time with him and I'm in love like it happens (laughs) uh yeah yeah <laughs> the other thing uh, sarah did you have you look like you have something to say oh no you can go ahead okay um the other thing i was gonna say was that like i so this was like something that i was confused about the entire time where i kept talking about the age thing right in my head i was envisioning Honkame to be like an old man <laughs> She, like, just the first thing I remember is she described him as, like, the most beautiful man, which I guess doesn't really imply age, but, like, I don't know. I always assumed that he, like, presented as, like, a younger guy. I didn't realize it made sense that she was super young because, like, she was also, like, yeah, I've never, I mean, also because of her situation, I feel like she was, like, yeah, I've never kissed anyone, blah, 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 but, like, yeah. I I feel like there's definitely an age difference, like, obviously an age difference but like I assumed he was at most like 24 which is weird but (laughs) (laughs) you assumed he was as old as you (laughs) yes he said he he doesn't have any like you can't tell how old he is you can't tell if he's young or old 
Okay, but like you can tell, like she had to, if she's like, she can tell like his beauty or something. You can tell a little bit about whether he's, you know. Yeah, uh, there's some people I'm like, you look 20 or you could be 40. Oh, okay, okay. You know what? With good skincare, you can, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I feel like if you're like, Chris Pine is attractive, I'm like, I don't care how old he is, he's attractive. (laughs) I mean, fair enough. I get it. But like, this man was like missing multiple organs, you know? But even despite that, she like didn't. She was like, yes, and he has no ear, like, uh, no no nose or something, like, no eyes, but like, I still like him. fair enough you know it's it's one eye one ear one finger oh really that's it yeah Yeah, oh why did i think he was okay (laughs) (laughs) here i was being like he doesn't have a face (laughs) (laughs) i was like why is she attracted to him she can't even see who he is (laughs) i forgot that it was one of his eyes like I yeah. remember they kept talking about an eye patch. So I was like, okay, so he's like missing an eye. Um, I feel like that's pretty noticeable. But an ear, it could be faced the other way. <laughs> listen, to each their own, you know? Like if his personality draws you to him, good for you. It doesn't matter how he looks like. But it's not like he has a nice personality when she first meets him. So I guess that was like a... I literally thought it was like one of those situations where they just spend a lot of time together and suddenly they're attracted to each other. I'm like, okay, you, okay, <laughs> okay, well, guys. I, mean, I don't know. It was like cute-ish because they did spend a lot of time together. So it's not like, oh, I just like see this person and I'm you know, like love at first sight or like, I don't know, more stupid things. But I feel like, sorry, if anyone likes love at first <laughs> Like kind of ideas it's called the stupid but <laughs> I think um I don't know like uh, yeah I was like is it just me like why does this feel like there's no build-up even though there was some parts of like you know Cassiopeia realizes that the things he's saying means that he's in love with her but I was like I don't know and I feel like it was kind of because he didn't have a personality really so it was yeah hard. like he like given he's the god of death right like he should be like intriguing like he should be a flirt where was his flirting there was barely I mean, any flirting what what about being a god of death implies flirt <laughs> listen <laughs> yeah you're just thinking about that hades and persephone book okay but <laughs> okay no, fair I enough don't, <laughs> i don't think the god of like i feel like his general aura of like being like i don't know feelings and like i don't know just like i i found him to be mysterious brooding handsome like you know those kind of qualities and he could be flirtatious because of it like if show me that he's a womanizer instead he was a fucking simp he's just like he spends two minutes with a girl and he's like oh i don't know like why my heart beats so fast when i'm near you and i'm like (laughs) bro get it together jeez you've lived on this planet for a thousand years like oh my god you've never met a woman before jeez like legit there was i don't know he just seemed like way too like he was like a like a (laughs) he was like a like a a young adult (laughs) like a young adult version of a god (laughs) you know 
he wasn't like an adult version of a god he was like a kid version of a god i was like if you're gonna be the god of death like really sell the mystery or the you know like the it could be like i don't know there's like an audience that would think that god of death equals sexy you know if he's like dark brooding handsome whatever like make him sexier geez he sounds like he's 15 oh my god i don't know <laughs> I don't not see convinced. it the same way. Oh no. He was like the PG thirteen version of God of Death. I I just feel like to me, God of Death would be like similar to what he is. Like doesn't want to talk really super. He's got his walls up. I mean, yeah, but like make him sexually mysterious, you know? I think what you're trying to say is you want the next book to be a romance book. No. <laughs> no. Clearly you have not had your flirting desire fulfilled. Listen, I just want to fall in love with the main character of a book. And every single romance book we read, the main character, the main male character at least, is like cardboard cut out of a human being. Where's the flirt? I need the banter. There, the other thing that I'm going to say is that there was, like, no chemistry between Cassiopeia and Honkame. Like, you could not convince me those two. I was like, where where are you, where are the moments where you guys I, are bonding? You know? I thought they were kind of cute. I was rooting for Sarah that. Would, would think that. I knew yeah, Sarah. No, Sarah would, would think that, yeah. It's just the bare minimum, and she's like, ah! so cute maybe you guys these standards are a little too high did you ever think of that what's I wrong know. with having high that's standards why huh that's why we're both saying yeah that's what's wrong what did you say <laughs> I said that's why we're both single oh. <laughs> oh my god uh don't throw shade at sarah like that oh my god i'm not throwing shade <laughs> she's throwing shade at you guys no <laughs> She said your standards are too low. <laughs> no, yours are too high. You'll end up forever alone if they keep being that high. Listen, it all I'm saying is if you're gonna sell me a sexy death of like god of death, you know, make it sexy. Nah, in no way was it supposed to be sexy. Why are you trying to shoehorn in a romance in this book if it's not sexy? Dimension. <laughs> I think you're really tied to this Hades and Persephone thing. Yeah. I Listen, that wasn't sexy. That was concerning. <laughs> okay. I was like, uh, this is too much for me. Like, this is like way too like extra. I couldn't get past the first two chapters. I was like, this is too much. I can't, you know. Can we read that book for the podcast or what are you talking about? No, it's just no, like, it's that you one book that I kept it. threatening to do for the podcast, but didn't actually do. I would have uh, cried. Um, I think, I think like it could like I get the whole like if if it was presented as like this is the first woman he's like spent a long time with, or like I don't know whatever you want to like say in terms of this is Cassiopeia's first like guy she's interested in and also Hunkame's like first human person maybe all the like women gods or people he would be interested in generally are not like 
interested in him or I don't know like if there was some reasoning I feel like that could be cute even if there wasn't a lot of like you know he's super intriguing or like sexy or anything like if there was something there which I don't know I assumed he was like sexy looking based on her like yeah she was like he's the best looking man I've ever seen and I was like okay the best looking man in Mexico City are you for real but like okay your standard you know he's a god of course he's hot (laughs) what makes you think gods are hot see that's exactly what makes you think a god of death is flirtatious listen the way she's describing him he should be that's what I'm saying not all hot people are flirtatious I didn't <laughs> fine <laughs> not all hot people are playing just okay fine but my other thing was that like this the the thing that they could have leaned into is the fact that he was lonely they could have given him the arc of like lonely sad boy right and be like oh he re- he got a companion and a person that he trusts and they could have mm-hmm. built that angle up I and that would make sense that to me. one I don't think they leaned into it enough, though. Like, really sell his emo sad boy. Okay, but vibe. lonely doesn't equal flirtation. Lonely, it doesn't have to. I'm saying that was one angle. They could have gone down the he's sexy, flirty man. Or they could have gone down he's lonely and this is a new companion and that's why he falls in love. And honestly, if you leaned into that and like really sold that to me, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Companionship. He doesn't want to be lonely anymore. And she spent so much time being lonely because she had to like do all these chores by herself and like, you know, doesn't have friends and shit. And like they found each other and that would be cute. But and I feel like the author may may have wanted to sell that narrative to me however i don't think they had enough bonding moments to really sell that because it seemed like both of them had a lot of walls and then suddenly they're falling in love with each other and i'm like bro you didn't spend enough time breaking down those walls for me walk me (laughs) through it yeah 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 and it's kind of like like i don't know i mean i think that would have been definitely nice obviously but if if Sylvia Moreno Garcia like spent more time with fixing some of the issues we had with the other plot point and just kept this as it is like I I'm like you know I feel like with the romance is a side thing and not the main thing like I'm more forgiving of it and I'm like all right cool you're throwing in a romance for people like Sarah <laughs> I feel like, hey, I like romance for people like Pooja and Sarah I'm like I don't need it but okay like I, I, if there were two characters that are like you know sometimes you like have the two characters in a book where it's like not there's no romance but you're like these people should be together or like yeah sometimes it's just because it's the girl and the guy the main girl and the guy and you're like okay like why aren't you guys together but I think yeah I think it's like not necessary for me but and like not necessary for it to be like super developed if there's other a lot of other stuff going on but yeah I feel like if that was better then maybe my rating would be better just because I'm like, all right, the there's like a lot of complex stuff going on, but this romance stuff needs. <laughs> so we'll call it a romance fantasy book and I'll be, I'll be satisfied. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did generally enjoy that 
<laughs> there was just some like I don't know some relationship between them that like developed I feel like if it was a good friendship like like in the almost said the Martian Project Hail Mary like if there was some relationship between two main characters I'm like that's fun but yeah I wish it was a little cuter then I would be rooting for them a little more but I was like okay you're not together at the end that's fine you have your own life that was the other thing where it's just like you wanted to get people invested in this relationship and then by the end you're just like sorry they can't be together and it's like bitch why why did you invest so much time in this relationship then you should have just made them friends and then part ways and be like cool not everyone can be together, Pooja. I I love it when they end up together. Yeah, you sound like me. <laughs> I sound like you. <laughs> You're always making fun of me for wanting a happy ending. Here you are. Okay, no, that's because you want the happy ending for two characters that suck. <laughs> I don't recall. Last last book, wherever we read that book, the last word, and you were just like, I want a happy ending for these two. Like they should get engaged. And I was like, Ugh, these two suck. And then the other book that we read with Everyone the lake. Everyone deserves a happy ending. Even the god of death. Yeah. Oh my god. You're the one who wants a happy ending for it. Okay, listen, <laughs> I'm not saying he was bad. I was just saying that he's a bit dull. That's all. It's okay to be dull. Yeah. He's a lonely sad boy. <laughs> he, they didn't make him sexy enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, um, what was my thought? Oh, uh, talking about romance. Uh... Uh, oh yeah, like I feel like if 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 it's not like first of all their relationship, I think even though they had strong feelings for each other, was like not strong enough. Like it didn't have like oh my gosh, like you are my soulmate kind of vibes. And they obviously like there were so many barriers for them to be together. So I feel like it's like if they ended up together it's like that is the most rare outcome that could have happened and like them not being together is the more likely outcome so I feel like I like that because first of all the author like doesn't have to like twist things all you know like make things work out so perfectly that it all works out and they're together and then it also is like I don't know is more realistic so Maybe maybe there'll be a next book and Cassiopeia will fall in love with a different god. <laughs> I I don't think I'd like that. Yeah, no, I am not on board for that one. Maybe she makes her way through all the gods. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> we are we do not endorse this. I veto. I veto this. This is not a good idea. <laughs> It's like Bridgerton, except instead of like a bunch of different siblings, it's like one person falling in love with all the siblings of the gods. <laughs> I can't root for anyone after God. No, yeah, no. What the hell? That relationship <laughs> meant nothing to her? No, she's just, it was her first relationship, man. Like all of these TV shows and books 
it's like the first relationship is like the like oh we're like in high school or like we're so young and then there's like the more intense like all right now I'm really in love because okay listen <laughs> all I'm saying is Cassiopeia clearly has a lot of patience she's falling in love with the literal god of death okay like she has to be like a certain kind of person to be willing to do that because like he must be really depressing kind of you know I mean if he's hot then <laughs> he's clearly not flirty enough <laughs> we really do have different standards i'm like he has to be flirty and hot he can't be sarah's like one or the other is fine (laughs) yeah do you guys have any other thoughts no all righty Well, that is a wrap on season five, episode seven, where we discussed gods of jade. Yeah. Not even, what is, who is the god of jade? I don't know, because there was no god of jade in Shadow. It was the god of death. Like, maybe Shadow is, like, dark death stuff, but... Wasn't there something about a crown? Oh, he wears a jade crown, I think. Oh, and maybe the other guy, Bukumkabe, has, like, shadow shit going on. I don't know. I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> God was Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. This is a book we just talked about. <laughs> if you weren't listening past, like, hour or something. Uh, next week, we will be discussing a book I chose called mad honey by jody pico um this book is a book that's like got some thrillery mystery aspect but also says romance in one of the genre tags i think because there is like a relationship but there's basically it's a whole thing where this guy and girl are in a relationship and there's other people involved like the mom of the guy but then the girl dies and so the guy is being questioned and he's like in high school so his mom is like trying to figure out what's going on so it's got some aspects although you might not like this of defending Jacob but it's not not the level of defending Jacob, I think. It's I don't more... think I'm going to like this book. No! I, I get so stressed when people are wrongly accused. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, but I find not it in- my vibe. Oh my <laughs> god, I'm gonna get so stressed reading this book. <laughs> and there's, there's some romance. <laughs> I don't even know if there actually is romance. Other than what, those. she falls in love with the police officer? Wait, let me guess. She falls in love with the police officer? <laughs> Okay, it's a riveting novel of suspense and unforgettable love story. So there is love story. And a moving and powerful exploration of the secrets we keep and the risks we take in order to become ourselves. So this book was nominated Best Book on Goodreads, but it didn't win. Best Fiction. It was a nominee for Best Fiction. fiction. Not Best (laughs) Book on Goodreads. I'd be like, bang. Shakespeare is rolling in his grave right now. Um, yeah, but I have been wanting to read this book. It's a little on the longer side, but I 
was, I think, the only one that enjoyed Jodie Pickle's other book, which was very different vibes. But I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know what? I think Sarah's gonna be surprised. I think you're gonna realize that. I will only be surprised if the romance is good. <laughs> you Wait, know what? Okay. You Someone you said that this is. Sorry, no. Sorry, right, sorry. I was just like, you guys really enjoyed the romance that was brewing in uh, the her other book, Wish You Were Here. You were rooting for those people, so without spoiling. That was bull. That was some bullshittery that happened towards the end there. <laughs> but in this book, it says someone wrote in their review, bees plus murder mystery. Okay, another guess. She falls in love with a bee person. Oh like my a beekeeper God. person. <laughs> That is a stealing the bee movie. I don't think there's... that she's a bee movie. So she falls in love with a bee. <laughs> she's not gonna fall in love with bees. But I thought that's what you just said, Pooja. No, but... I meant like a beekeeper person. Well, you said a bee. No, I said a bee person. Like a. Bee. I didn't know what the word was. <laughs> well, I said bees person meant uh, like human like bee. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's what I gathered. <laughs> how did you get how was the that the movie, first thing that you thought of? The that's what you said. No, I just said like I didn't say a bee. I was like a bee like a person who takes care of bees or does shit with bees. That person. Beekeeper. That's what they're called, right? Beekeeper. Yeah. yeah. She's gonna fall in love with the beekeeper. I predict it now. <laughs> I think if we're having so much conversation already, this is going to be a great book. So I'm excited because we got to get a good book in in our season five. <laughs> I think that's what I we're we're really like zero for seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Project Hail Mary, so yeah, we have one in there. But you have one in there. <laughs> I have one in there. <laughs> okay, but anyway. We will see you with Mad Honey next week. Oh, it's called Mad Honey. Oh my gosh. Honey, bees. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why someone said bees plus murder mystery. So I'm just like, there has to be some beekeeping involved. There's so no bees. She'll fall in love with the beekeeper, as I'm saying. There's no discussion of bees in the summary, which is why I was like, what? Then Okay, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.